Good morning and welcome to the Tao of June, living an inspired life. So yesterday I went and drove up to Tennessee, made the four-hour drive and hung out with my daughters at the playground with my ex-wife. We had a great time and you know had dinner with them at Chili's and then made the long drive back home. And for the first time, I didn't feel that extreme sadness and grief, the feeling that I was losing a lost, you know, a loved one or something like it was just really tough every time I drove back down and said goodbye to the girls. And then the next day waking up was extremely difficult. Um, I would go to sleep crying, wake up extremely depressed. But this morning it was different. And last night it was different. And I'd like to share what happened. Um, I was walking my dogs at um, a park called Little Mulberry Park. It's a beautiful park here in Georgia, um, north, northeast Georgia. Anyways, I was walking with my dogs in the evening. And this is just a few days ago. And I had the realization that I was being selfish, you know. That the source of my sadness and my depression, my grief that I was feeling, the feeling of despair and, you know, hopelessness, you know, um, just, it came, that extreme sadness, I really realized what the source of it was. It was, it was my own need for acceptance and my, my, my desperate um, craving for that physical affection that I got from my daughters. Because I, when I thought about it, I was thinking, I was, I've been using them to, to heal the old wounds from my own childhood. As a kid, I desperately wanted to feel accepted and loved by my parents. And instead, I felt ridiculed, criticized, harshly disciplined. And I never actually got any kind of physical affection, you know, that loving touch. I never received a hug from my mom or my dad. I never received a kind word, an encouraging word from them. And as a child, I remember working so hard trying to get their approval, trying to get them to love me and accept me. But it always seemed like it was never enough, you know. I can never do enough. And with my daughters, from the moment they were born, I just couldn't stop loving on them, holding them, kissing them, telling them how amazing they are, you know, how incredible they are, how much I love them. And I I thought I was, you know, for, and I was, I was trying to be a better parent and re, you know, not make the same mistakes as my parents did, you know, but I realized as time went on, as they got older, and you know they're 11 and 8 years old now. Like, I remember telling my ex-wife one time, um, it, you know, during one of the arguments, because for my, with my ex-wife, it was a little. I had to put in conscious effort to give her the physical affection, you know, hold her hand, hug her. She would have to kind of give me cues that that's what she wanted, and I'd be like, oh yeah. <laughs> And, I, you know, 
I would have to remind myself to tell her that I love her because it just never came naturally to me. And with my daughters, though, it was total opposite. You know, I couldn't help but to tell them I love them and hold them and hug them and kiss them. And I think with my wife, sometimes she was, you know, one time asking, like, why can't you be like that with me, you know? I'm your wife. And I was telling her, like, yeah, but they, with my daughters, they're the only two people that have loved me unconditionally, you know? Like, they love me just because I'm their dad, you know? Like, I don't have to do anything to earn it. I Like, they just love me and accept me, and I just loved that. And when we, when we first broke up, I think I felt so angry with my ex-wife because my ch- kids chose to stay with her. And they said they wanted to be with mommy and not me. Especially because, you know, yeah, I yelled at her. I got mad. I got angry and lost my temper. And, you know, during the arguments, she did as well. But, you know, I mean, not to get too into it. But when the, my kids chose to go with her and now they're up in Tennessee and I'm no longer able to see them every day and be with them, for me, it felt like a part of me was dying. You know, and I think it was that that inner child that desperately craved that love and affection that I was getting from my daughters because it was it was healing a part of me, that child inside of me that desperately craved that but never got it. And once I realized that, wow, I'm actually using my daughters to heal my old old wounds and that's not fair to them, you know, and they're they're okay, they're fine, they're. Whenever I um, go visit them or talk to them on the phone, they're doing great. You know, they're bright young kids and they're super witty and funny and creative and they're doing great and they're happy up there. And, and they have my, my wife's cousins, you know, they're really good guys. They're really good kids. Um, and I even told them that they're, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they have such a good example, um, you know, good role models up there you know, and her cousins, because they are really good kids, and so they're doing good, they have, they have, you know, family members there, and they're not sad and depressed like me, and I realize I'm, I'm trying to keep them with me in order to, in order to fill that void within me, and I need to get over this, I need to heal my own, own wounds, you know, I need to let go of the past and not wish that things were different and really just deal with the things that I'm feeling and understand why, where it's coming from. Because I thought I was feeling sad for them because of them. I was like, oh, this is such a bad experience, you know, bad thing for them to have the mom and dad break up and, you know, they're no longer with me and, you know, this must be so hard on them. I was, I thought I was, I was telling myself that I was thinking of them, but really I was thinking of myself. It was, it was selfish. It was, it was for me, not them, that I was feeling so sad. And that little shift in perspective that, that shifted my paradigm, you know, looking at changing my beliefs and, um, understanding, like changing the way I was looking at things. I think that's what really helped 
me have a different experience now because when I said goodbye to them last night I was sad I cried a little bit but I didn't you know I didn't cry in front of them or anything because yeah I mean it's normal to feel sad you know to say goodbye to your kids and have to drive away I mean of course it's normal but it wasn't this like lingering deep feeling of sadness that just overwhelms me you know it was just more an understanding that yeah I am feeling sad because I, I love my kids and I I don't really like to say goodbye and drive away from them but it, it is, the situation is what it is and they're doing fine you know I have a business to run I have obligations here in Atlanta and I have a goal that I'm working towards to you know one day maybe about eight years from now start a school start a dog grooming school of my own where I can teach and mentor and you know create masters you know create more uh, groomers dog groomers who love have a passion for what they do teach them the skills that I've learned pass it on pass on the knowledge you know um, and that that's my big goal and it always has been it always been something I was looking forward to and so yeah and this morning waking up I did feel a little sad you know of course because you know I had a great time with my daughters yesterday and you know I miss them but it wasn't like this overwhelming feeling of despair of you know like you know just wanting to cry all day wanting you know feeling so weak and exhausted and just feeling no energy feeling no motivation for the day wanting to just sit there and cry and hold myself you know like I realize now where that was all coming from you know by just walk when I was walking my dogs doing some deep thinking I realized like wow it's me you know I need to I need to get over it and realize that 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 young child that that was hurt that's in you know that young kid in in me that has these old wounds and scars from not getting the love and affection and acceptance from my parents when I was a kid you know that that I need to heal that I need to you know visit that child and tell him it's okay you know and that that these experiences that you had if anything they're they're benef they're helpful now because I'm more empathetic and more compassionate towards others and I, I have a deeper understanding now of you know the struggles that others go through that they carry with them their whole lives and I'm more sensitive you know to what others are feeling and these are all good things and I and I also have to realize that my parents did the best they could you know they thought that they had to push us like that and put that pressure on us in order to make sure that we you know keep trying to be better and they wanted us to stay competitive with how the other kids are doing and it was just it was just how things were you know back in the 80s <laughs> and yeah it was almost like you were an irresponsible parent if you were too nice and you know if you didn't beat your kids you know if you didn't actually like spank or you know physically discipline your kids you weren't a responsible parent you know that's kind of that's kind of how it felt back then so I'm sure that they felt like they were doing the right thing you know they they did the best they could with what they knew and I have to understand that and forgive them release re let go of all that resentment and anger you know and the sadness that I felt let it all go 
don't hold on to it. And once I was able to do that and realize that everything is actually okay and realize that my daughters are okay, you know, and all they really need from me is to know that I'm always going to be there for them and I'm always going to love them and support them no matter what they choose to do in life. And in order to do that, in order to be the best father to them, then I need to be the best person for myself, right? And make sure I take care of myself, stay healthy, you know, take care of my dogs, take care of my own responsibilities that I have each day. You know, today I got like four loads of laundry to do. Um, and in between, I'm going to, you know, keep busy, keep clean, keep the house clean, keep my room clean, organize, get ready for the, for the week. Cause I have a really busy week coming up, you know, focus on my clients, how to serve them best, continue to provide quality uh, care for their pets and, you know, the excellent, you know, service, you know, just try to be excellent for my clients and provide them the best service possible. Um, yeah, and just, just really focus on how I can continue to do better. And that way, when my daughters need me, I'll be, I'll be able to help them, you know? Because if I, if I, you know, feel sorry for myself and feel down and I don't have the energy to go exercise and, you know, or I tell myself that I don't, and then my body responds to what my brain is telling it, and then I feel weak and I feel down and I, I'm not eating well. My eating habits get, you know, kind of pushed aside, I guess, you know, and I'm not really focusing on how I'm eating. And then at night, in order to fall asleep, because I'm feeling so sad, I drink, drink wine or alcohol or beer, you know. And if I continue to do that, then slowly but surely, day by day, I'm going to start deteriorating, you know, my body is starting, is going to start breaking down because I'm not taking care of it properly. And then let's say five years down the road, you know, my daughters need me. They need some help or so, for something they need me. Maybe, maybe they need to get a car, you know, their first car and I'm not able to help them, you know, then I'll really feel depressed. Then I would really feel down. And probably regret a lot of the things that I did in the past five years, you know. So I realized if I want to be there for them and I want to be the best father possible, then I have to make sure that I'm doing well for them, for myself. But really so that if they need me for something, then I'm physically able to do it. I'm financially able to, you know, I have the resources to provide them with support if they need it. You know, and I just, I realized like, yeah, I'm not doing myself or my daughters any favors by feeling sad and depressed, you know, and I think what it really was, because they say that um, the the traumas, you know, the things that happen to us as a ch when we're kids, as a child, it has, it has such a big effect on us and it has such lingering um, effects and it, we carry it into our into our adult lives because that's when our brain is developing 
you know that's when we're forming our our beliefs you know our paradigm and so here's the example they gave they said that you know in our 30s because i'm 38 now if somebody said something to me now you know or treated me a certain way you know it wouldn't have that much of an effect it's like yeah whatever you know but when it happens as a child and and you're forming your belief system for the world and you're very impressionable it does have a big effect on you and you carry it into your childhood even something as small as like a teacher telling you like you know that you don't really sing well that you know maybe and they don't maybe they don't even they're not even mean maybe they're just trying to be helpful and they say you know you know maybe you can just mouth the words you don't really have to sing you know and that hits that kid like a ton of bricks because they love to sing but now they're being told in a very nice way even that they they aren't really good at singing and maybe maybe you should just mouth the words johnny you know and now johnny takes that to heart and for the rest of his life he has a problem he has he has a problem he has he struggles when when he wants to sing you know and the thing is um if if that never happened and that same kid johnny um grows up and he sings and he gets better and better because you know through practice and let's say he's in his 20s and someone says, dude, you can't sing, man. You, you sound like a, you know, uh, you sound like a fright train or something. You know, you sound like a, like a horse, you know. Um, he'd probably be like, haha, whatever, you know, and just brush it off, you know. I mean, yeah, it might hurt his feelings, but it wouldn't have that, that lasting effect that you carry on from childhood into your adult life. Because your brain has already, you know, pretty much formed its belief systems and you know you're you're pretty set in what you believe about yourself and how you feel about yourself and so that's why i think that as a child the pain and that sadness that i felt i felt maybe i maybe i felt like i was being healed you know like like that child was finally getting that that love and acceptance that i always wanted from my daughters and I love spending time with them, taking them to the playground, laughing with them, joking with them, just holding them while we're watching TV or movie together. I loved that. It really made me feel, it made me feel complete. It made me feel whole, you know? Like, I, you know, it, I, I didn't feel damaged, you know? But now, now that this has happened and now that we're separated and there's a rift in our relationship that is being it's, it's getting better now but for especially when it was fresh when the breakup was fresh and the arguments and the hurt was fresh and we were all angry at each other um that was especially hard you know hearing my daughters tell me that they hate me well, my older daughter, my younger daughter never really said it, but, and they don't tell me that they love me anymore. When I tell them that I love them, they just stay silent or they say, okay. You know, it's like, it really hurt. It really, it almost felt like that kid, that inner child that was finally feeling whole because he had this love from these children, you know, once that was being taken away, ripped away from me, really, um, it was like 
all of the old scars and all the old wounds just came back to the surface. And I felt rejected again, especially by my daughters who I love so much. You know? Whoa, I just heard something really weird. But anyways, but yeah, it's like some, some voice in the forest. Anyways, but yeah, it just it felt like all of these old pains and all of these old wounds and scars just came right rushing back to the surface. And I was just swirling down into depression. And once I, once I was able to realize this and really find the source of, of this pain and this suffering, you know, the source of the sadness, now I'm able to really work at the source. You know, because I thought it was a situation. I thought it was my daughter's. You know, and and all of this stuff I can't change. I can't. I have no. I have no power to control anyone else or the situation or circumstances around me. You know, I can't control that. The only thing I can control is myself. And once I realized the problem was with me, it was within. Then I now I feel empowered. Now I feel like I finally got control back of my life. And now I can, now I know what to work on. And it's myself, my own self-acceptance, you know, and understanding that that child, I can, you know, through meditation or do through quiet thinking, I can go back in my mind, revisit that child in my past and, and let him know, tell him, you're all right. You're going to be all right. There's, you know, like you don't have to compare yourself to others and you don't have to work so hard to try to get gain acceptance from people, you know, just accept yourself and love yourself and get to know who you really are and love yourself, you know, and once you have acceptance for yourself, you don't feel the need to try to gain it from others, you know, because I feel like I had such low self-esteem, such low, low opinion of myself, so, such a low value. I, I valued myself so little that I desperately needed to, to feel accepted and liked by others because I wasn't getting it from my parents. And I'd really tried. I would try so hard to be a good kid and get them to be proud of me, tell me that they're proud of me. But it never happened. So then I started to try, work really hard at, the, at whatever job I got, you know, whether I was working at a fast food restaurant or a cafeteria in high school or selling Christian books door to door, whatever it was, you know, even though I hated the job, I worked so hard at it because I wanted to I wanted to hear my supervisors tell me that they were proud of me, you know, then I would feel like, oh, they're proud of me. I guess I have some value, you know, I, ha I guess I have some worth. And it's like that. It doesn't come from outside. I realize now I got to stop looking for that, you know, the sense of value, the sense of worth, the sense of being a valuable human being. I got to stop looking for it from outside, from gaining validation from others or, you know, it's, I have to go within and develop self uh, esteem, right? You know, esteem myself, value myself. And maybe that's why they call it self-esteem and not others' esteem, <laughs> you know? And I have to really feel that 
sense of self-acceptance, right? Value myself as a human being, not because of anything I've done or accomplished, right? Because, of course, it's nice to accomplish things and get accolades and awards and things like that and achieve things. Of course, that's that's fun. That's part of the game of life, right? That's part of being here. But, it, you know, that's, I think that's what makes life fun is, you know, the occasional achievement. But that's not what makes us valuable as human beings, right? Our value comes from within. Every human being, every human life has value. Just the fact that you're here means that you're valuable, that you have value, you know? We're human beings, not human doings, right? That's a really popular phrase now, you know? You know, stop focusing on so much on what you're doing and just be, just be you, you know? We're human beings, not human doings. You have value and it's possible to accept yourself and have self-esteem simply by accepting who you are getting to know who you are, right? I remember Wayne Dyer said something that really got me to think. It really hit me because he was saying, you know, that everything that you need is within. You know, go within. Because when you refuse to go within, you will always go without. Isn't that interesting? When you refuse to go within, you will always go without. And I think that that's really helping me now, especially when I realized that like three days ago, that all of this pain is coming from inside, not from my daughters and the situation there, not from this divorce and how that's, you know, breaking my heart. You know, all of this, you know, all of these situations, these circumstances that are undesirable. Yeah, it's it's normal to feel sad about that, but um, when it starts to seep into my heart and to my core, and it starts to debilitate me, I think that's when I have to take a really hard look inside and figure out what is it in me that's broken and fix that. Not try to fix the things outside or anyone else, but fix what's in me, right? There's, isn't there a proverb saying that as long as the ship is is tight, you know, as long as the ship has no holes, the water cannot get within, you know, then the water can't get in, you know? It's only when there are holes in our ship and the water gets in, that's when we sink. And I really like that analogy of the ship, you know? As long as there are no holes in me, you know, as long as I repair the holes in myself, then even if we go through a storm, you know, even though the waves of life are crashing all around me, it won't get into the ship. It won't get inside me. And I won't sink down into depression, you know. So instead of trying to change the wind, instead of trying to control the ocean, which is impossible, you know, just repair the ship right? Just make sure I patch up all the holes in my ship. And that way, you know, when, I, when I'm in the ocean and the waves are crashing around me, I know I'll still be safe. And what is it that Jim Rohn says? He says, Jim Rohn says that um, our personal philosophy is like the setting of the sail. 
right? He says, you cannot change the wind, but you can learn to set a better sail. He's saying the wind that blows on, on you blows, us, blows on us all. The same wind blows on everyone. And he's saying that you can either be tossed and carried by the wind, you know, or you can learn to set a better sail so that no matter, where, no matter which way the wind is blowing, no matter how the wind's blowing, you can still get to your, uh, so your chosen destination, right? The destination that you set for yourself. You can still arrive no matter where, which way the wind blows as long as you learn to set a better sail. And he's saying our personal philosophy, the way we look at life, the, the beliefs that we have about what life is like, you know, what our life is about, the way we choose to look at life, you know, our philosophy is like the setting of the sail. And so I just, I, I really, I'm really grateful now that all of this is happening. I mean, I, it's not like I wish... If anything, if I can make wishes, I wish I could just go back to how everything was, you know, and, you know, not make the same mistakes that I made that got me down this road. But what's done is done. And what happened has happened. You know, the winds of divorce, the storm of sadness has already hit my ship. And now... It feels like I'm sailing alone. But I can still get to my destination that I've chosen for myself, you know, where I will still be a good father and my I can become the kind of person that my daughters are proud of. I can become a respected grooming instructor one day, you know, have my own school, create other skill, skillful tradesmen and women who are able to earn a good income doing work that they love and fulfills them. You know, passing on this knowledge and skill set to others who want it. You know, I can still get there. I can still reach that destination as long as I work on the holes and the damage that has been done to my ship. And some of it, you know, a lot of it has been done by myself, by me. I have to admit that and accept that. You know, but and even if it was, even if it was done by the storms that I run into, you know, the winds of divorce. Oh man, you know, still I can't change the wind. I can't control the ocean of life. But I can decide to fix my ship, right? Go within and work on myself. And then once the holes are repaired, I can continue on to my chosen destination. Safe and arise there safely, you know? But I won't, that'll never happen as long as I continue to feel sad and shake my hand at the sky in anger, hold on to resentment, blame the ocean and the, and the storm, blame the things that happened. You know, as long as I continue to do that, I think I will stay sunken, you know, drowning in depression. But I, I don't know what it was, but the other day when I was 
walking my dogs, I really realized, wow, I'm doing this to myself and I'm being selfish. I'm using my daughters. It's not their responsibility to heal my old wounds, right? They have their own lives. They have their own journey through life. They have their own experiences to have for themselves. I can't live their life for them, you know? And I have my own journey that I'm still on. It's, and it's not my daughter's responsibility, you know? It's not their duty or obligation to help heal my old wounds. It's me. I've got to do it. I've got to go within. Otherwise, I will continue to go without. I hope this helps by me sharing some of the things that I've been going through the past week and the breakthrough that I had a few days ago. Because really, last night was the first night I was able to sleep after driving home you know, from seeing my daughters without crying. I didn't, I didn't cry myself to sleep last night. And this morning when I woke up, I felt sad, of course, you know, because I had a great time yesterday with them. But it was normal. You know, it's like the normal sadness that you would feel after seeing a loved one and not, and, and not being with them the next day. But it wasn't crippling. It wasn't debilitating. I was able to get up and I felt rested. Now I'm walking with my dogs in the park. And I'm just, you know, thinking about, okay, what do I need to do next? You know, I got to get a, the load of laundry get started and got to cook myself some breakfast when I get home. Brunch, I guess. <laughs> so I did sleep in a little late. I got home pretty late. And, you know, make my dogs their dog food. And, yeah, I mean, and get ready for tomorrow. Make sure I'm well-rested and prepared to groom my clients' dogs tomorrow, you know, to the best of my ability. Make sure they're well taken care of and looking and feeling excellent, right? And, and doing that makes me feel proud of myself, too. Every time I get a dog groomed and the Bichon, the haircut looks so beautiful. They look like round, fluffy snowballs, you know, perfectly round snowballs, fluffy and soft. And the dogs are happy. The clients are happy. I feel so proud of myself after a day like that, you know, completing the task that was put in front of me to the best of my ability. And that's, that's what's helping me. Just, yeah, realizing that I just need to, I just need to accept myself and realize that I do have value. So does everybody, you know, and the value doesn't come from others telling you you have value. It doesn't come from other people accepting you. It comes from you accepting yourself and, and it comes from you valuing yourself. You know, it's self-esteem. Remember that, not others' esteem. You don't need the validation of anyone to start valuing yourself and loving yourself and feeling good about the person that you are. I hope this helps. I honor the light in you that's also in me. Namaste.